Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I self-body hated for so many years. Like I literally could not even look at my scars in the mirror. So it was something where like I, it was easy to just cover. And always hearing the hospital doctors say, you know, cover up, stay out of the sun. It was easy for me to just cover it and forget about it. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and this week I'm going to be chatting to Sylvia Mack. She's a burn survivor, campaigner and founder of Love Disfigure, which raises awareness and offers support to people living with hidden and visible differences. I'm going to be chatting to her about self-consciousness, scars and swimming. When I was three years old, I was playing around in at home with my other siblings and my mum used to boil pots of boiling water and she put some um, boiling water straight into a bowl which she put onto the bathroom floor and me and my other sibling was playing hide and seek so I decided that I'm going to hide under the bed and then I thought no mum said don't go into the bathroom so I'm going to go in the bathroom so went straight into the bathroom hid behind the door and my sister realized I was in there so she pushed the door really hard mm -hmm. and I fell backwards into the boiling water oh gosh yeah do you actually have much of a recollection of that actually happening I don't have any memory of it but I do have nightmares well I did have quite a few nightmares when I was young but um, just of sort of like drowning in water, really, really weird, weird nightmares. But um, no, I don't really remember anything from it. But you were left fairly badly burned from that. Did you, were yeah. you rushed sort of immediately to the hospital? Yeah, well, the funny thing was um, I was, I went into shock. So I started to have fits and um, 
the ambulance come took me to the local hospital. I lived in Stepney, London. So the local hospital was um, the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel. And back then it wasn't the Royal London, it was just London Hospital. And um, when we got there, the doctors just said, there's nothing we can do for her because at that age, there's literally like the water was so hot, it left a hole in my back. And oh, and three-year-old just couldn't survive that kind of shock. Um, so they said, you know, nothing we can do. But, you know, I'm here today. And it, I think because of the consultant that walked into the room and said, you know, get her to Mount Vernon in Middlesex. They kited me off to Middlesex Hospital, blue lights all the way. And, um, you know, I'm here to tell the town. So. What, what were the next steps up, up there? Obviously, this is all presumably from your parents or your siblings' recollections. But what happened yeah. next? So um, while I was at the hospital, they put me onto life support. And the doctors like called the family together and said, you know, don't think she's going to survive the night. Um, and my dad, actually, because he's a bit of a religious man, he had the priest come in, give me my last rites, but baptise me also. And the next day I pulled through and they said it was literally a miracle that I'd survived. Um, I did go back on, come off life support and go back on again um, just because I caught pneumonia because it was just so much for my, my body to have to deal with. But I spent a long time in the hospital afterwards having lots of um, skin grafts. So w when I was on life support and they were taking me off, they turned me over onto my side and just my mum went to scream and they said look don't you need to support her because she see just a big gaping hole in my back where the water had just got just burnt straight through so I'd like fourth degree burns as well as third degree. So how long were you in the hospital for that time? Um, I'm not quite sure and I don't think my mum really knows or remembers um, but she all I, I do remember lots of visits and spending lots of time there because I had to have skin graft so they took skin off other parts of my body like my arms and my legs um, so my burn scars are on my back my tummy down my leg um, so anywhere where there was extra skin good skin they'd remove it and they'd freeze it um, so for later surgery they would then use that skin to, to build up um, that hole in my back and to build up other parts of um, my body where there was burn scars. So as a child, um, how did that experience affect you? Um, it affected me quite badly, actually, because um, as I went throughout my life through school and relationships and work and just friendships and everything, it had quite a detrimental effect on my life. And um, I suffered like really, really like low self-esteem and really knocked my confidence. Um, I self-body hated for so many years. Like I literally could not even look at my scars in the mirror. So it was something where like I, it was easy to just cover and always hearing the hospital doctors say, you know, cover up, stay out of the sun. It was easy for me to just cover it and forget about it but it really did knock me and as I got older I started to have suicidal thoughts um, real severe depression where I'm up to about probably six five five six years ago I was locking myself away and I didn't really want to see anybody um, I probably could only count one friend on one one hand and that was it just because I just didn't have time to 
really want to share anything with anyone. Um, so, yeah, it was quite difficult. Do you think this was in part sort of linked back to the, the traumatising experience or do you think it's more to do with just the visual sort of the, the reminder of what happened in the scars themselves? What I say is, is you know, I had a really strong set of family support, real good network and no matter how much love and support you get from family doesn't mean that you're going to feel great throughout your life like and everything's going to be okay it doesn't it doesn't mean that you know everyone can say you're beautiful and you're great but you're always going to feel you know the way you want to feel or the way you um you know society perceives um images like perfect images everywhere like the so-called perfect image is just it's ridiculous at the moment and it has been for years and um and for me to grow up seeing that i never felt worthy so my scars were just literally um just really bad really really bad and i couldn't feel like i fitted into any, into society at all do you think there's more like more pressure now especially for sort of for young women or young girls to look a certain way oh yeah there's definitely more pressure especially as i said with magazines glossy magazines and and these these images and especially on social media you go online and you see all these images and and everyone wants to be on diets and everyone wants to lose weight and everyone wants to look good and think, well, that's the way we need to look. But in fact, it isn't. You know, we should be embracing our own bodies, our own self-worth. It's really important. It's it's important for our mental health as well as our physical well-being. So how did things change for you? Because it's, it sounds like sort of you went on sort of quite a journey. You had that traumatic, really traumatic incident when you were very young and then, yeah, coming to terms with it when you were older and sort of the um, depression and anxiety and mm. PTSD as well from yeah, what I can, yeah, yeah. What, what I think you've said before um, but how did you then move move sort of past that and sort of learn to accept yourself um, I don't think I ever really learned to um, move past it but it, it was just from a turnaround point that I had in my life, which was just three years ago, um, when I was on a beach holiday with my mum, in fact. And um, I always used to cover up, so I'd always wear sort of long-sleeved tops and, you know, anything that covered my scars It was um, something that I didn't want anyone to see them, so it was important to me. And so while I was on this holiday, I just happened to one morning say, you know, <clears throat> there's nowhere to sit around the pole. And um, my son was with us and he said, look, there's somewhere over there. But I said, no, but there's people sitting behind. I can't, they're going to see my scars. Like all this was going on in my head. And um, and I just decided, okay, I'm going to sit there. And at one point I just dropped my sarong down and um, had a bikini underneath. And this guy was filming me with his camera phone. And um, I got really upset and I said to mum, I don't like this no more. You know, I'm fed up with this. People got, he's going to put this on YouTube. I was just getting so angry. And, um, and then my mum said, let's get to the beach. So got down to the beach and, um, I could see that she was asking so many questions about my scars because she hadn't really seen my body, my scars for so many years. You know, I was now an adult and, um, and so I could see like the sadness in her face. And I thought, you know what? I can't have her going through this anymore. I don't want her to feel sad because I know as a mother that if anything happened to my child like that, 
I'd feel responsible. I'd feel guilt. And um, and I just think for all the love and support that she gave me, I no longer wanted her to feel that guilt. Um, and then I made a conscious decision to just walk down to the water's edge, pull off my sarong and start posing and calling to her. And I thought, you know, if anyone sees this video or any videos that anyone wants to post online, then I look good and people can say, well, she might be scarred, but she looks great. She's smiling. So it was important for me to to make that move and then go back to my mum and say, I'm fine. Like everything's great. And and then I went back home and uh, created Love This Figure. That's fantastic. But I'm sorry to sort of yeah. be slightly negative though, but I think yeah. when you sort of talked me through that, I was pretty shocked that someone would just mm. start filming you like that. Yeah. Is that something that you've experienced before? Or I mean, why would, I can't even imagine why, someone would do that but is, yeah. th- is that something that you found yeah do? I have I have been on uh, holidays before where I've had people pointing at me laughing at me um and I know it sounds really terrible and you know and when you you I was a swimmer at a very young age so I went to the swimming baths and had children talking about me pointing at me calling me names um and sometimes I'd wear like a just have my scars showing a little bit on, on my back and have people talking about me like if I'm queuing up at the supermarket and and I used to have to live with that and and so one thing that that I had and carried with me throughout my life was paranoia so automatically I'd think that anyone was laughing they'd be laughing at me anyone giggling or walking past me they're giggling about me and it was just constant and and so that man might not have been filming me that day Mm. but I believed he was Mm. (laughs) Oh, so, yeah. So he could have maybe mm. been filming his family or you know, just <laughs> yeah. the, the area in general. But yeah. yeah. So when someone pulls out a phone, that's what you assume. Yeah. But I'm really glad you you made that decision because it sounds like a very sort of conscious decision to be more positive about the situation. And tell me more about Love Disfigure. So you set yeah. up this website and kind yeah. of a movement. What can... Tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, when I got back from my holiday, I decided I wanted to help others because of what I'd gone through throughout my life. I just, I was kind of lost in this bubble and I just couldn't get out and I couldn't um, be anything wonderful that I wanted to be in life or or achieve anything I wanted to achieve in life. And, and it wasn't just that. I just thought if there's so many other people out there going through what I was going through and I felt like I was the only person going through that um, then I needed to do something to help others so I thought okay I'm going to do this video reveal and I'm going to launch it and I did and I got some really lovely inspirational messages um, from people and, and they said you know thank you I've got scars or I've got a skin condition and I suffer with my mental health and, and it just went on and on and and then I thought okay well I'll I'll start a Facebook group because that's what you do and and that's what I should be doing and that's what you know if there's no help or support for people out there that have visible differences or hidden differences then maybe I'm the person that should be doing that. So what did you say and do in that initial video? It was quite difficult. I was interviewed by a friend who um, asked me some really, um, you know, deep questions. And, and you've got to remember, it, I've never actually spoken to anyone in any type of video. And so it was really difficult for me. It was very raw. Um, and I cried in it. And um, so she just asked me questions about school, which was very difficult because I had moments at school that, that were hard. And 
and to talk about something in, in particular where I had to shower and, you know, I was pushed into a shower in front of all the other children. They were laughing. And so it was quite hard and, and I cried and, and it was really emotional. And at the end, I revealed my scars. So I was kind of like half naked so you could see my back. And then I went on to continue with Love Disfigure, but it, it was a difficult video. <laughs> so speaking of influencers, you've mm. got um, a really decent following yourself on social media, loads of followers, particularly on Instagram, I noticed. Would you consider yourself an influencer? Um, I don't really like the word influencer, but there's nothing wrong with being an influencer, Um to an extent, <laughs> um, as long as you're, you know, doing something that is maybe like inspirational or really good where other people can look at it and think, oh, great, you know, and feel great about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get gifted stuff quite a lot. Um, I don't really do much paid stuff. Um, but yeah, I get loads of bikinis, loads of costumes. I'm a founding member of Nivea, which is lovely. So I get lots of creams and lovely stuff. Um, but I tend to share it all in Insta stories and, um, not on the actual posts because I like to raise awareness and continue to share other people's stories, mm. if that makes sense. So it's a bit strange. Um, but I, I went to meet an MP recently and, um, she said to me that she had to explain me as an influencer <laughs> to another MP. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> it must be really nice to yeah, be using a platform like that, like you say, to mm. ra raise awareness and sort of make other people feel better about themselves rather than, well, you know, yeah. being kind of being a more typical beauty influencer who might, I don't know, <laughs> possibly not make people feel quite so good. What are your plans next with Love Disfigure? Well, at the moment, I'm doing a swim. I'm swimming from Asia to Europe. That's on Sunday. Can I just stop you there? Yeah, you, yeah. Did you want... You've been doing something for ages, haven't you? You're really into it. Yeah. What is it that you really love about it? It's outdoor swimming. Um, I was a, an indoor swimmer. <laughs> like, I was a club swimmer when I was younger. And um, I always loved being in the water and used to swim for like lengths and lengths. And then I was introduced to outdoor swimming and it's so good for your mental health. Like it really is like being a amongst nature. And um, well, recently I've swum in the river, I've swum in the sea. Um, and yeah, I'm about to swim from Asia to Europe with Professor Greg White on Sunday coming. Um, but Hang on, it's, how far is that? It is, I think it's like 6.4K, but once we're in there, because there's currents, we end up doing something like 4K. Mm -hmm. So it kind of pushes you along, which is great. <laughs> but I've never done anything like this in my life. And and also, you know, I did have a lot of nightmares sort of drowning out in sea. <laughs> like, So it is a little bit worrying and scary. I'm still nervous and, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do it. And I'm, I want to do it to raise awareness for people that suffer with their mental health for so many years, like I did. Um, I want to raise awareness for people with visible and hidden differences. Um, and I'm really doing it for not just for me, but all those guys as well. I love swimming as well, so I totally get the appeal. But was there was it difficult initially because you do have the scars on your back, like you say, so people are going to see them when you're swimming. Um, yeah. Was that an issue for you sort of getting in and out of pools and things like that? Um, it was when I was younger, but obviously not now. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I'm quite happy wearing a low back 
costume or a bikini um, and sharing it on social media for all to see. Mm. Um, just to say, as long as I've got a smile on my face, um, it shows that I'm happy within my skin. You know, I can embrace my body and, and it's about encouraging others to do the same. Mm. Um but, you know, obviously when I was younger and I had to wear those costumes, it was difficult. It, you know, it was important for me to grab a big towel, cover myself up, jump in after everyone had jumped in the water and either get out really quickly, go to the toilets and hide, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So so now, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm saying, hey, I'm here, you know, <laughs> it's a bit like being liberated and mm. just taking off a coat and saying, yes, I'm, I'm here and I'm free and I'm happy and I'm living life to the fullest and, and encouraging others to live their life and enjoy it. So as well as the swimming, what else mm. have you got coming up next? Um, well... I I think I'm going to be involved in the real catwalk. It's something that was created by Christiana Kazakova. She was a runner-up from America's Next Top Model, and she um, she's a body positive activist. Um, so she created this just to encourage people of all sizes, all ages, all ethnicities, disabilities, differences to come and get involved, stick on lingerie or um, a bikini and walk in, I think it's in Times Square. Um, and then, um, in the summer, well, I think it's in a, at the end of August, I think 31st of August it might be, she's having, she's putting one on in London Trafalgar Square. So we was part of that last year and we'll be part of that again this year. Um, and I've also set up some talks, um, where I encourage people that have great stories, inspirational stories to join me and we go out and do talks together. We've only done one, <laughs> but um, I'm just trying to manage everything at the moment and get funding so that we can go out and do more talks. Um, but I, I am also involved in doing talks for festivals and um, which you know, obviously I could not, I never even had a voice before. Like I found it really difficult to talk to any, like an adult or anyone, you know, who was, who I thought was more important than me. And I, everyone was always more important than me. So for me to now be able to talk and have my voice now, um, it's good for me to share, to encourage others to do the same. What advice would you give to anybody who's struggling with how they look? Um, in particular, I suppose, um, if they have scars, but I suppose just generally anyone yeah. who's uncomfortable with the way that they look or the, you know, their perception of how they look. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'd say to them, don't try not to, um, worry about, um, social media because a lot of people say social media is not good and you'll find people that might have scarring on their faces or, um, a skin condition, they they tend to hide their profile or they won't even go on social media. So this, this is why podcasts are really good um, because they get to hear and understand that actually there are some really good influencers and activists and um, campaigners like myself on social media that can help um, encourage them to embrace their bodies. Um, you know, it might not be a quick overnight fix, but it, it can be a slow process as mine was for many years. Um, but eventually I got there and there are so many wonderful people out there that can encourage you to embrace your bodies and you can get to join in too. Cause we go out and we do meetups and, and we have fun together and you get to meet other people that might have a skin condition or a scar like you. 
Um, you know, the meetups that I recently did, we had people that had a health condition and another person that had a skin condition and now they're really good friends and, you know, and it's good for to make friendships because I never had that when I was younger and I know it's really important to have now. Did you have any therapy at all for the, the kind of trauma that you had when you were younger or just mm. generally kind of coming to terms with the scarring or anything or... No, I don't don't have any um, type of therapy. I did try to have some counselling at one point, but it just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I don't find it helpful. Obviously, it's it's helpful for many people, but it just wasn't for me. Mm. So what have been the key things for you that sort Mm. of have helped? I think the key things are to, to stay positive, have a positive mindset on life in general and just I mean it's easier said than done but but you can find that place because I went from being such a negative person to full-on positive and I literally turned my life around and and I can't even go back to that that place because it's not that I don't want to go back there it's that I actually can't. Like I've got to such a place now where I've gone from being a victim to my scars to surviving to actually thriving. So I'm in that place now where like I just I'm just so happy and I don't even think about other people looking at me anymore or laughing or or, or any of that. So um I'm in such a good place in my life that, you know, it's it just it's just great. It's wonderful. <laughs> If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring. They're on 116-123 or visit samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe and give us a rate and review on iTunes. You can also join us in our Facebook group, which is called Mentally Yours, or go to Twitter, we're at MentallyYRS. Thanks very much to our producers, Juliet Nichols and Sam Bonham, and to Lucy Baker for her lovely jingles. See you next time. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Boland Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Boland Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.